Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, this is Amy Ozpan with amyeverafter.com. And I am actually sitting in my living room with my feet up. And I'm on the phone with Andrea Smith, our resident tech guru here at Parenting Bites. Hi, Andrea. Hi there. I'm sitting in, uh, in my office in the Jersey Bureau. This is awesome. Nice. Yeah, I'm in the Brooklyn Bureau. Um, I'm, I could not be like less office-like. I'm not sitting in my office. I'm sitting in my living room. The cat's on my lap, a uh, blanket on my feet. It's hardly like working at all. Well, and we're missing Rebecca this week. She was away on an awesome trip, which I'm sure that we'll hear about next week when uh, she joins us again. Yeah, we were hoping that she could join us this week, but I think she landed like really early this morning, right? So I, she's probably still getting herself together. That's quite what. Yeah. That's a big time difference. Yeah, yeah, it is. Ugh. So yeah, we will see. We will hopefully have her back next week. But this week, um, we thought it would be fun to talk about food because this is the season of eating, and um, we talk about food traditions and cooking and baking and um, just a nice light show um, amidst all of the non-light stuff happening in the world. So um, I thought I'd start off by just asking you, Andrea, what do you do for holidays? You know, you're Jewish. I'm, I guess, a devout commercialist who celebrates Christmas, <laughs> Christmas in a, in a non-religious uh, way. So what do you guys do for the quote-unquote holidays? Well, it's funny because um, we do both. Traditionally, we've done both because my son was raised Jewish, um, and we always had Hanukkah, and we would do a traditional, you know, brisket and potato latkes, which is basically just fried potatoes almost. Mm. Um, and we would do a traditional Hanukkah dinner with my family. But we also did Christmas because my stepkids celebrated Christmas. And so it was kind of a combination, uh, one Hanukkah dinner, one Christmas dinner. And when they collided, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it changes every year. But now that everyone's gone and everyone's scattered and my son's not here anymore, my husband and I are having our fourth annual Jewish Miss Dinner. And what that is, <laughs> for the past four years on Christmas Eve, we invite all our Jewish friends who have nowhere else to go on Christmas Eve, and we have a dinner party. And there's usually six couples, five to six couples, and we do a ham. So it's really funny to see all these kosher Jewish friends coming and eating baked spiral baked ham. Um, <laughs> and so we have a combination of, like, the spiral ham and the potato latkes, all on the same table. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, can I tell you, every year, almost every year, uh, good friends of mine have something they call latke fest, where you mm. just basically go into their home and eat fried foods for several hours, and you leave smelling like you were in the fryer yourself. And uh, <laughs> that's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a highlight. And they sometimes, I don't know if they're doing it this year, um, but sometimes they do a like a contest to see what the best fried thing is. So you bring things for them to fry, and then there's like a tasting test and a judging, and it's, it's a blast. So do they have a fryer or do they just fry it like in a frying pan? Oh, no, a couple of, of deep fryers. 
Ah, yeah, fun. no, for something, if you're going to call it latke fest, you need to have deep fryers going. But then they also, they're actually, they do the latkes in a pan, um, usually two pans, I think. But then they have two deep fryers going for the other stuff. They make, um, what are those apple things, those delicious apple donuts? Sufignat, uh, is that it? No. I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. But they're like apple donuts and they're delicious. Um, and one year, what did I bring? I've brought weird things for the contest. One, bring I, one year I brought like this weird spaghetti thing to fry. Um, one year I brought, uh, we, we did battered peanut butter pie, which was delicious deep fried. Um, I like to deep fry stuffing. <laughs> Wow. Which tastes, yeah, it tastes way better than it sounds. It gets like all warm and creamy inside. Um, and crispy, deep fry- it crispy on the outside? Yeah, oh yeah, you, I, I do it in, um, what, what do I, bat- no, I bread it. I put it into balls and I bread it. Um, so it gets nice and crispy. Oh, and then um, one of the better ones, which sounds really gross, um, breaded deep fried deviled eggs. Breaded deep fried deviled eggs so my husband yeah. loves deviled eggs okay so you have to try i what mean do you it, bread them with you just do like you would bread a vegetable like you, you know you dip it in um you do flour first then right. an egg mixture in then the breadcrumbs bread yeah huh. and i think they might have done two coats like gone through those three things twice just to make sure that the the creamy stuff didn't spill out but i bit into it thinking it was going to be disgusting and it was so good it was, yeah, I've, I've never made that myself, but I think I need to. Um, yeah, so basically I'll, I'll, I'll eat anything that's breaded and deep fried. I would probably eat meat if it was breaded and deep fried and somebody just handed it to me and didn't tell me what it was because oh fried food is awesome. Yeah, but um, But you yeah. know what? I mean, you do a lot of cooking, and you, you know – you're very adventurous, and you change it up. So do you change up your holiday food every year, or do you, for holidays, do the same <laughs> things and have traditions? You know, it really depends. Um, for Thanksgiving, it play, it, it's, I do a really, like, traditional Thanksgiving dinner with a big turkey and stuffing and, you know, pies and potatoes and all that stuff. Um, and those recipes stay basically exactly the same every year, although I think last year we added – um, a plated recipe that I loved, which was, it was like a, a quinoa cranberry microgreen salad that was really tasty. So that made it onto the menu again this year. So it's probably going to stay. But um, for Christmas, like it's, it's different because it's usually just the four of us. For Thanksgiving, we have as many people as we can. I think I hosted like 15 people this year. Um, but for Christmas, it's, it's generally just the four of us. And I'm, I, nobody wants turkey. Like only uh, out of the four of us, only two people eat turkey. So I would never do a turkey for Christmas. And my husband is not a big ham fan. So I usually just let him and my daughter, who are the big meat eaters, decide what they want. So I think one year they had filet mignon. Another year they had um, some other kind of steak. I don't know. They just decide. And I just ordered for them. And then my son usually requests, like everybody gets their favorite thing for Christmas. So they do some kind of expensive meat and I try not to ruin it. And um, my son usually requests, yeah, (laughs) I'm a vegetarian who is really experienced in cooking meat. Um, And uh, my son usually requests breadsticks 
that's usually his his one wish for Christmas dinner is breadsticks, um, and I try to make them as much like Olive Garden as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one of these years, I need to actually like pick him up Olive Garden breadsticks for Christmas. I guess I would have to do it the day <laughs> Didn't before. Didn't you say they were starting to sell it? Wasn't that going to be one of well, your presents? Oh, I was thinking of doing that for his birthday. They do catering oh. now, but. It's like a $300 minimum, you know, because it's supposed to be for a big party. So I, I can't do $300 worth of breadsticks for Christmas. No, no. But if he had a big birthday party, he would die. Like if somebody showed up delivering $300 worth of Olive Garden breadsticks, that would like make his life. So, yeah, I think that's in the cards someday as a surprise, but not for Christmas. But I just wish there was the closest Olive Garden does is like 40 minutes away. Um so, yeah, I'm not sure that I'm up for going and getting that on Christmas Eve. But, yeah, so I make, I make breadsticks as buttery and gooey as I possibly can. And then we have, like, mac and cheese and potatoes and some of the other Thanksgiving-like sides, but it's definitely not as big and not as traditional. I mean, two years ago, I had just had um, surgery right before Christmas. I had oh, had, I um, yeah, I had my gallbladder out, and we weren't sure what we were going to be able to manage to do for Christmas. But a couple days after the surgery, I was able to make Christmas dinner. Like, I wouldn't be able to make Thanksgiving dinner two days after surgery. So it's definitely a much smaller, lower-key thing. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I I love cooking. I love baking. And I love that it's all kind of encouraged in the holiday season. Like, nobody looks at you weird if you're making a bunch of pies and stuff. I actually had to kind of swear it off for a while because my favorite thing is to just spend all weekend baking and I'm working another full-time job right now for the holiday season and so I kind of need the weekend time to catch up on other things so I miss it yeah like life (laughs) yeah and it's funny I just, because I saw that you were posting, you know, oh, I'm not baking, I'm not going to bake, and then all of a sudden I'd see some little baking things sneak <laughs> in. So was that, was that for your cookbook group? It because was. to me it's fascinating. Yeah, I, when I said that I was swearing off baking until after this job was done, um, I forgot about cookbook club because I, I'm a member of this really seriously awesome thing started by some friends of mine. Um, there are six of us. And we try to meet once a month, and um, at the previous meeting or over email, we pick one cookbook that we're going to cook from at the next meeting, and then everybody brings one or two things that they've made from that book. And, you know, we kind of check with each other in the days before to make sure that there aren't going to be duplicates. And it's, it's just like the best get-together ever, and there's way too much food, so then everybody takes some of everything home, and then you've got food for the next day. And um, it's just fascinating because... I was never, first of all, I was never really a reader of cookbooks. I would just kind of look through them, grab a few recipes, and that was it. I never really saw them as, like, narratives. But this group tends to pick books that have, like, a strong story. So I'm, I'm just kind of looking at cookbooks differently in the couple of years that I've been doing this club um, and, you know, learning the, the histories of the places and of the meals and of traditions and everything is just, it's, I, I'm really interested in it now, whereas I didn't think of cookbooks that way at all before. And the other thing is it just gets me cooking and eating things that I normally wouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm not a very adventurous eater unless it's kind of an assignment. So 
having to choose something from a book that, like, like the last one that we did was a book of foods that was from the Silk Road, like, you know, a lot of kind of like, like Middle Asian stuff. And it was, it was all very unfamiliar to me. So it was, just it was great to like say oh I have to make this new recipe it's an assignment for cookbook club so it was fun <laughs> well it must be fun because a lot of times I'll see recipes and I say oh I want to make this oh I want to make it or I'll I'll use my copy me that app or I'll tear it out or something and then I never make it I just never get around to it so yeah I, I think that to have it almost like the way I go to a book group and I know I have to read the book so that I can have something you know somewhat interesting to say about it I think be, having to find a recipe that you like and make it and bring it and share it is like it's a challenge, but it's also just sounds so fun. It is. It is exactly like that. It's like almost permission to do this kind of indulgent thing. And um, some months I'm really organized about it, and I'll buy the book like you know right at the beginning after we decide, and I'll try a few recipes and I'll hone them and I'll bring whatever I think is going to be the best. And other months, like, I think this has happened twice, where, like, I didn't even crack open the book till like, two days before. So I didn't get a chance to try out the recipes, and there are definitely things that I would do different if I did them again. But, you know, you just kind of throw everything together, and it all, it all just works. It's a really fun thing. I need to write a post about how to do a cookbook club, because after doing it for a couple of years now, I definitely have some tips. And... Um, but it's just a great way to, to also like standardize getting together with friends. I'm very, very bad about making plans with friends. And so to just have this, you know, knowing that it's on the calendar every month is, um, yeah, it's great. Kind of gets me out of my house, off my couch. I wonder how many people actually, off your couch, I wonder how many people actually um, stick to a traditional dinner and kind of cook tried and true family recipes. I think we talked about that a little bit with Rebecca, you know, who had some that had been in her family for a long time. And how many Yeah, she really had that weird like jello bring, thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then some people like to just try all new things. And I'm always worried about trying new things because what if it's awful? Yeah, I know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Like, that's why during my biggest dinner of the year, I'm making recipes that I've been making for years and years and years because, you know, it's, I'm making the most things at one time and I just don't have time to screw something up and figure it out. Like, everything has to work exactly on schedule or people are going to be eating Thanksgiving dinner at 10.30 p.m. Um, So even bringing in one new recipe is a little like, I hope it works. Um, And the funny thing is something always gets screwed up. Like we uh, we, we had Thanksgiving dinner this year at our upstate house, and it's a terrible old electric oven that I still haven't mastered, and I burned the pumpkin pie, like just burned it. And I wasn't going to put it out, but everybody was like, no, put it out. We'll eat around the burn part. So, I, you know, I think that, that everybody just wants it to work and wants it to be a happy holiday. So you can yeah. – you, I think the cook is worried about it more than everybody else. Yeah, I think so too. So I'd be curious to know where people go. I mean, for me, when I, when I need to find a recipe, even like the other day, I think I bought swordfish or something, which is not something I usually do. Or if I do, I grill it outside in the summer. And um, so I just simply, you know, did a little Google search. And, and, of course, a lot of them are, you know, the same ones that come up all the time in a Google search, but they look so easy, you know, and so simple <laughs> that I just take whatever kind of um, has the ingredients that I already have in the house, mm-hmm. you know. So whether it's Epicurious or, you know, Food Network or 
all recipes. Whichever one is what I have, I do it. You're, <laughs> sure yeah, no, a you're smarter way to do it. I don't know. Like I've I've gotten really bad about. Um, uh, <laughs> this is like a New York centric thing, but food kick. It's, um, you know, I, I order most of my groceries from Fresh Direct, and Food mm-hmm. Kick is their same-day order service. So, like, I'll look up a recipe at 4 o'clock, and I don't have three ingredi- ingredients, and it's like, oh, Food Kick, bring the ingredients to me. So I, I make the, the, the ingredients revolve around me rather than, like, get the recipe ah. that I already have the ingredients for, um, which is terrible because – I think it's a really great thing when you can just kind of open your pantry and open your fridge and make a meal out of what's already there instead of being spoiled. But, yeah, I love food kick. I do it way too often. I got it yesterday. <laughs> I need yeah, to try but, that. Yeah. No, do you have that in New Jersey? You don't have food kick yet, right? I don't think so. We have fresh You don't have fresh direct. Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. We have that. We have Pod. We have, you know, we have all of those delivery things. But I don't think I have food kick. Yeah, it's it's a game changer because like I can order something at ten thirty and it's here at noon, and yeah, that's bad. All of these things are just conspiring me to keep me indoors more and more and more. There's a grocery store three blocks away. I could be there in seven minutes, but I'll still order food <laughs> kick because I'm just lazy, <laughs> and I'll You're justify still on the couch. it. Yeah, and I'll justify it like, oh, I can get another half an hour of work done if I, you know, do that instead of running to the store. But then I'm probably on Facebook anyway. I'm not even working. So, yeah, it's all bull. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's you know, my holiday. I don't, I don't like to mess around with it too much because, you know, if you mess up a normal Tuesday dinner, whatever, order pizza. But if you mess up Thanksgiving, you know, people are going to talk Great. about you for years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and even with our dinner, you know, I always want to, I always want to try something new. But the people who've been coming to our Jewish Miss dinner, you know, they look forward to the spiral ham. They look forward to my ridiculously easy, you know, spinach and broccoli souffle that I literally make with Stouffer's spinach souffle, you know, and broccoli. It's just so easy. But mm, I might need know, the recipe. No. Oh, yeah. You know what's really great? When your kids grow up and they text you and they say, Mom, you know that thing that you used to make? Can you send me the recipe? That makes Aww. me feel good. And my son did that. He texted and asked me for the uh, spinach and broccoli souffle recipe. So, uh, Okay. Well, since you already have it on your text, I need you to text it to yeah, me. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. Um, and, yeah, like two years ago, um, three years ago, uh, not too long ago, I usually only made um, stovetop stuffing, which I love, but I get that, like, you know, the the foodies and the meat eaters don't necessarily think that that's a great thing to put on the Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago, I added a meat stuffing recipe that now, like, everybody raves about during the entire dinner. I need to post about that one, too, because I kind of sort of made it up myself, Um like, I'm never going to change that recipe now. Like, that is the recipe that I will use until the day I die. So, yeah, once I find a good thing, the experimentation is over. Once everybody it's praises over. it, yeah, mm-hmm. that's done. Like, I'm never going to try another stuffing recipe again because I don't want don't to disappoint the people. Give them what they exactly. want. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, all right. What other people do? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'd love to hear about other people's traditions. So, um, if you have some some holiday traditions, or if you like to wing it, we would love to hear from you because I'm just really curious how other people do it. We were not a super traditional family growing up, so I don't know. Maybe that's why I like to have. 
you know, more traditional holiday dinners because I didn't, I'm trying to think of what we did. There was always a big um, Christmas Eve party that we went to. That was the big tradition. But I can't even really remember our Christmas dinners. Isn't that weird? That is weird. That is. I remember some, like I remember Hanukkah. I remember, you know, my grandmother coming, getting Hanukkah gals. I I remember some of the dinners, I think. And I certainly remember trying to cook Hanukkah dinners. But, um, but, you know, they do. They, they did evolve over the years, I have to say. I think also as things, you know how, don't you feel like cooking has gotten a little bit easier? You know, there's, there's more ingredients that you can buy now rather than make. Although well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are just more resources and shortcuts. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. There, there are more resources and shortcuts. And, like, I remember when um, the very first Thanksgiving dinner that I ever made was when my husband and I, we weren't married yet. We were living in North Carolina. He was in law school. And we had a couple other law school friends over for dinner, and I'd never made a turkey, and I'd never made gravy, and, you know, I was doing all that stuff for the first time. And the gravy turned into, like, little gravy marbles. And I didn't know what to do to fix that. (laughs) And now I would just be on my phone in the kitchen with one hand on Google, and I would probably figure it out in five seconds. But... Right. Like at that, like we just didn't have gravy for that dinner because I couldn't, I couldn't make it not be hard lumps. So, yeah, in that way, I think it's definitely gotten easier. Yeah. So, yeah, we'd love to hear about what you do. And um, we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. And we are back with our Bites of the Week, which I guess will be short and sweet since there's only two of us. And since there's only two of us and it's the holiday season, Andrea, I'm going to be generous and let you go first. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm so Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jewish friend. This is your gift. <laughs> my, big, right, my big gift. All right. Well, this <laughs> is something, I, as soon as I saw this, I actually thought of you. Um, so you Ooh. know how we're starting to carry things around on our phone cases now, like things that we yes. need, like those thin optics glasses? Yep. And I can't tell you how many people I've told about those glasses as they rummage through their purse going, Oh, me too. I can't find my glasses. Right. So this is something I am, someone sent me to test. So I just got it. I played with it a little bit. It's called Face Case. It is the perfect stocking stuffer for a woman or a girl. It is an attachment. It attaches to the back of your smartphone or your case, just like that thin optics attachment is so like a sticky and back is sticky back but but sticky in the sense that you can peel it off and on because you know oh, I don't nice. know that I'd want to take this with me all the time and it's a little compact and it has four lip glosses or you can double as blush lip conditioner and touch-up powder and I have to tell you I can't tell you how many times because I come into the city on the train and you know it gets all schwitzy and sweaty and all of a sudden my eyeliner is down you know where my nose is and, you know, all that. And sometimes I'm going to a meeting and I need a little powder or some, some new lip gloss. So it's got four different colors. It's got powder. It also has a little slot in it where you can put your ID and some money if you don't want to carry huh. a wallet with you. Uh, so you don't want to lose your phone. That would be a really bad thing <laughs> because then you've lost everything. But if you just want to carry your phone with you or you're going out to a meeting, Stick everything in here. You've got your lipstick. You've got your powder. You've got everything that you need. It's called Face Case, 
uh, we'll, we'll link to the website, but it's facecasecosmetics.com, and it comes in two different um, shades. So you can get rich nudes or what's the other one? Oh, natural nude. So depending on your coloring, rich nude or natural nude. And uh, I think it's really cute. It's a cute stocking stuffer. Okay, I think I have to get that for my daughter for a stocking stuffer. She would love that, and especially because she doesn't like to carry a wallet, so sometimes all she's doing is putting her phone in her pocket. Yeah, and yeah, it that'd be perfect. Really, uh, and of course, you know, the little case is rose gold. You know, so if you've got a rose gold iPhone or you know want to be matchy matchy, it's like thirty bucks. I think it's totally worth it. Um, nice. You know, I like this. Excellent. Well, mine right, is, um, it kind of relates to something that we've talked about a few other times, um, and Black Friday just happened a couple of weeks ago. I know, once again, tons of people bought an Amazon Echo or an Echo Dot or you know some iteration of Alexa, and um, we've talked a little bit about the different things that Alexa can do, mm-hmm. but CNET, oh my God, can you hear that? My Alexa just started talking. Yes. <laughs> You know the TV shows now do something where they disable. Like I don't know what they do. I'm I'm gonna read an article <laughs> to find out. But they no, disable I'm gonna... it so your Alexa doesn't go off. I I'm walking over right now to to hit the little. There's a little um, you... microphone button that you can hit to so that she won't be listening. Um, but that's hilarious. That happens all the time. Like if somebody on TV mentions her, she's like, I don't understand what you mean. Um, Yes, as my husband would say, she's always listening. Always. He does not like our echo at all. Um, but anyway, now that I can say her name freely, um, CNET has a really good roundup of everything the Amazon Echo can do. And oh, wow. it's yeah, it's really it's not only good for people who just got one and just kind of, you know, want to know what they can do with it besides just asking it to set timers and put things on a shopping list, which is what I use it mostly for. Um, but it'll tell you all the other stuff that you can do with it. So we will link to this CNET article. Here's everything the Amazon Echo can do, and it's like 48 or 49 things, and it's a really great overview. That's pretty cool because a lot of times um, people say to me, why do I need one? You know, and of course, my first answer is I time everything I'm cooking at dinner. You know, I've yep. got the rice hands free, I've got the steak timer. Yeah, and they're like, well, it's just an overpriced timer. And I'm always, you know, of course, I know that I use it. You know, what's my commute? What's the weather? That kind of thing. But I'm always trying to find new things to explain to people. You know, here's how you like. Maybe somebody likes to listen to audiobooks. You know, or Audible subscriber, or um, you know directions, yeah. stuff like that. So that's great. I can't wait to yeah. read that. Checking your commute. You can do trivia. Just scrolling through it to see what they Jeopardy. talk about. You can play Jeopardy. You can. Oh, no, what I, what I use it for a lot when I'm cooking is for um, uh, telling me, like, converting something. Like, oh, how many tablespoons uh, yeah. is that? Um, I use that all the time. Stuff that I would have had to clean off my hands and use it, you know, get on my phone to use a calculator for right. or to look up. Um, you can you can call an Uber. You can order a Lyft. You can um, you know change the color of your lights. Some of these are really useful. Some of them are kind of silly, but yeah, it's it's a really good roundup of stuff that you can do. 
So that's it. We will link to that on our website, parentingbites.com, and your face case and all the other stuff that we talked about today. And um, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a rating or a review in iTunes. And you can find us on radio.com. You can play us on Radio Public. You can play us on your Alexa. You can find us on Facebook at Parenting Bites, facebook.com slash Parenting Bites. I think I covered it all, right? I think so, yeah. And I'm yeah. glad you mentioned uh, A-L-E-X-A. I can't say it because... Yeah. <laughs> you don't have yours turned off. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. you have that and, and a know, Google Home, so you can't talk. Exactly. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to duke it out, you know, although they are in separate <laughs> rooms. I, I wonder um, if you put them together, if there's any way to get them to talk to each other. Like if there's that anything that you could say. Yeah, like if there's one that you could say to one that would trigger the other one to talk. It, okay, I, I need to research this. I have a yeah. Google Home sitting in the box. I need to, I need to figure that out because that would be funny. <laughs> well, if anyone's done it, let us know. And I would really love to hear people's recipes and traditions and what they do. So feel free to um, tweet us. Or go to the parentingcom parentingbites.com slash Facebook. <laughs> yes. Is that it? No, Facebook yep. parenting bites. Facebook.com slash parenting bites or com or hashtag parenting bites on Twitter. Those are all, all those are all the places yeah. where you can talk to us. All right. Until next week. Have a great week, Andrea. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>